And I wonder when I sing along with you, if everything could ever be this real forever, if anything could ever be this good again. Uh, that's a song called Everlong by the band Foo Fighters. Um, it's from their album, The Color and the Shape from 1997. Uh, they're obviously a, a great band. They're phenomenal. The singer's Dave Grohl. He was the drummer for Nirvana. Um, Kurt Cobain passed away. So, you know, he he had to you know go to another band, basically start another band. And Foo Fighters is the result. And they're one of the all-time great rock bands. And that song, whenever I hear it, I get extremely emotional. Um, it's just a really like awesome song. Like I've seen the acoustic version played. Um, I've seen all sorts of performances of it. Um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, if everything, if when I sing along with you, if everything could be this real forever, apparently Dave Grohl said it was about a girl, a former girl that he was like dating. Um, so it's a very like song from the heart. And apparently it's David Letterman's like favorite song ever. I might have that wrong, but I think I'm right on it. Um, and just one of those songs, man. Joe, you've heard this song. What do you think about the song? Everlong by Foo Fighters. The song, um, Dave Grohl was, uh, was the drummer in one of the best bands ever. Um, and he's really, he's a really talented dude. Um, you know, I, I, I could just, I've, I've been there not so much as he's, and I wonder when I sing along with you. Now, I don't, I don't hear literal singing. To me, when I hear this is he was having a moment at a young age you know with 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 uh a female that he was crazy about and the hormones were running and he just thought my god this is unbelievable this is tremendous right now i don't know if i'm ever going to feel like this about someone with someone again it's like this 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 moment and we've all been there and i've i've had that 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 experience and um you know it's it's he's taken a moment out of his life to acknowledge this little second here, this little minute, this little time right here, right here, right now. It could be the pinnacle. It's just, just unbelievable. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel this way again. Everything is right. Everything is right with the universe. When you're this close to me, when you're right here and everything is good. So that's what I take from it. And I think he would want me to take my own personal. I think every artist wants people to take their own personal, you know, uh, story or feeling from from a song. Not not the same. They all want to personalize it, and that's what I get. So out when of. you hear, I always I love to take my own interpretation. I love to interpret it the way I want to because that's what music yes. is it's supposed to be for Thank each you. person individually how it makes them feel. Uh, but he also says it's about being connected to someone so much that not only, not only do you love them physically and spiritually. But when you sing along with them, you harmonize perfectly. So it's like everything's going well. You're in love yeah. physically and spiritually. And then when you're, you're, when you're not just singing with them, when you're talking with them, when, when you have good conversations with people, it could even be like friendships that you have. It doesn't have to be a fucking romance. Right. Um, just, just getting along with people and just, you know, having this, you know, think about, damn, like we get along so well. I'm so happy I have these great people in my life, whether it be a girlfriend or just a friend. Um, right. Right. And you just, you harmonize perfectly when you talk. You're like, man, there's really not a lot of gaps in the conversation. There's not awkward silences. Um, we're just really vibing together. We're not stressing about the conversation and what we're going to say next. It's just like, we're just talking. Um, yeah. and like the way he sings this song, um, I think, I think literally everyone over the age of like 30 in the United States of America, at least has probably heard Everlong. You know, they, they've had their heard. You can't escape the song, you know? Mm-hmm. It was huge. It's from 1997, but. Um, just a great song, but it got me thinking too a little bit about um uh that Latina woman that you dated. Um 
you know, at one point you guys were like thinking marriage and you guys are really close. But, um, yeah, well, <clears throat> it was just one of those things that, uh, God, I, I, and I'll make this quick, but I, I met her, um, back in, um, in the late 1980s. I was working as, as a uh, clothing salesman in a Cherry Hill mall, in one of the clothing stores there, fine clothes, suits, sport coats, this kind of thing. And she came on as, as, as Christmas help. And when she came on as Christmas help, I actually approached her. I didn't know she was coming on. And I said, can I help you, miss? Because sometimes women would come in to buy something like a tie or a shirt for their guy. You know, so I just walked up and she said, she looked at me and smiled. She goes, yeah, I work here. I'm like, what? And that was it. We started talking. And I just thought she was adorable. And I guess she thought the same. I don't know. But we we became very close and we were together for about two and a half two and a half years. Um, the reason you and I were talking about this recently, and because it's been a while ago, um, in that two and a half years, I was fortunate enough to uh, not only be with her, and she was great to be with and wonderful and all that kind of stuff, but she um, she introduced me to a lot of culture that I hadn't been introduced to before. And one of the things that she showed me about was January 6th every year, is Three Kings Day, otherwise known as the Feast of the Epiphany. But Three Kings Day, and people say, what? well, you remember the story, right? It's the, tw- it, the 12 days of Christmas start, start for them on the 25th, and they move out. And if you go 12 days, it's January 6th. And what is that? What, what happened there? What happened there was the Magi, the three kings, were traveling all that way all those many miles during that time to get to baby Jesus. And they got to him as the story goes on January 6th. So it is three Kings day and it's celebrated in many countries all over the world, but predominantly predominantly in Latino countries all over the world and Latinos that live here in the United States. And I just thought it was so cool because I love the baby Jesus. The Magi were dudes that, saw the star and knew what was up and they said we got to get over there you know that kind of a thing and i just i just love um i love little uh, traditions and so forth and one of the things that they do uh all the latin countries that observe this uh is the kids they'll put a little straw out put their shoes by the door or wherever they're going to put them they put their shoes out and then they put a little straw (laughs) and a little water for the camels that are transporting the the magi so um the kids will wake up the next day with a little gift little gift brought to them by the magi not by santa when you told, me that, I, when you told cool. me that i was like i was like what are you talking about what what is that and what's it called exactly the feast of the epiphany is the is the formal name okay. but the, the they just the call it three kings day and it's something that even i thought i thought what the, what are you talking about and then she goes oh no this and that and, that, and i thought oh, and that's just one of many things the despite the fact that she was just knocked out i mean let's let's not get let's not get it twisted but despite that fact all the things she showed me um cultural wise uh were really great and it also spurred in me a hunger to always be have my feelers out for other cultures and to learn other because it's just so interesting so that's how you and uh, i became what, what country was you from ecuador Okay, so she's Ecuadorian. Okay. Was that your first uh like girlfriend who was like not just white? Or was that your like first uh um, <laughs> not exactly, but um okay. no, I, I, I had uh 
I'm not going to go through ethnicities <laughs> there. I had an African-American girlfriend before her for a short period of time, a um, couple of about maybe six, five, six months. Um, that's all. I mean, it was uh, it, that was not I had already been very familiar with the African-American culture. So it's not the same. Um, but uh, other than that, no, Italian, Jewish, Italian, Polish. No, I mean, I don't I don't think of any. I can't think of any. Uh, you know, okay. unless there's, you know, so yes, it was the first, um, well, other than the African-American girlfriend I had about, you know, three, four years before that, um, that was the first one that was out. And she, this was really a different because she came over here, uh, like around when she was about 14 or 15. So she was first generation. She spoke really fluent English, but she spoke it with an accent. And she spoke Spanish that would just like, you know, just knock your head off. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was cool. Awesome. Three, man. Three yeah. Kings Day. I wanted us to really mention it, Sean, because um, we love everybody. We really, really do. We don't just talk that stuff. We walk it. We love everybody and we love all cultures and, and, and that's, and, and we would try to observe holidays. So, and then Ramadan's down the road. We, we, we found out one of the things you and I found out is it's not around Christmas time, but, um, we're going to talk about Ramadan and what that means down the road. But for now, to wrap up the whole Christmas season, and we did Kwanzaa, and we did we 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 did uh, Hanukkah, we did everything. So it's, it's good that we wrap this up and explain what it is because that that's actually really interesting. You know, everyone forgets about those three dudes. <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. Um, just while we're on the topic, I guess um, I turned you on to a show called The Chosen. Um, it's streaming pretty much everywhere. Yes. It's about the life of Jesus through the eyes of disciples. Yes. Um, and you know, I've been enjoying it so far. Like, cause I, when I was younger, I, you know, I went to Catholic school and stuff and we were forced to watch some of these movies and some of them are so boring and educational, but this is like a real show. I believe it's crowdsourced. Um, so all the funding is coming from the public. Um, and it's really awesome. It's like, you know, I didn't even know it existed until I was at the movies and I saw a poster that said the chosen. I'm like, what the, what, what is this? Um, then I looked into it. Um, so far there's been three seasons out all the, it's pretty much free on all, you know, it's free if you download the chosen app and download, you know, just download the chosen app on whatever iOS or Android, or if you're in your fire stick or your Roku, um, and season three is already on there and season, season one and two is on Peacock and prime. I know that. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far. It's really kind of giving me perspective because I'm thinking to myself while I'm watching this, I'm like, even if this is part fiction, um, it's still amazing. It feels like just a possibility. This could be like a real story uh, about this man's life and how much of an impact he had. Um, so far it's good. And I, all like his disciples and stuff are like normal, like rough guys with like different jobs, like fishermen and stuff, mm-hmm. carpenters, uh, businessmen, um, even like uh, tax collectors, you know, like one guy was a, Matthew was a tax collector and, uh, that was frowned out, frowned upon by like his his Jewish community because it's like he went to work for the Romans and he was collecting taxes from the Romans, his fellow people. From he was collecting taxes for the Romans um, from the Jewish people, and they were like, "This guy's a scumbag. Why is he doing this just for money?" They gave him a house, they gave him all his benefits. So there's storylines like that where it's not just like boring religion. It's like it's like I'm watching like a real show. Like this could be like you know a movie that I see, and just because I you know happen to know it involves like you know Christianity and religion. Uh, doesn't make it any less entertaining to me. Uh, but so far, like, what do you think about the show? I think it's, I'm so glad that you, re- I saw it advertised. I'm so glad you reminded me of it. Uh, I watched uh, episodes one and two 
I know I'm going to be locked, stock, and barrel with this thing. I absolutely love it because it makes you feel like you're standing, like you're a fly on the wall, and this is actually happening. The people who did this, they really researched the living daylights out of it, and it is almost like being a fly on the wall 2,000 years ago, standing it, because we've all heard the story so many times, but it's actually, this is actually, you're getting the humanity side of it. You're getting all the things like you just mentioned that you didn't know. You're finding out about Mary Madeline, and you're finding out I she was just, right, just a little girl, and her father taught her how to pray, and it turns out she was she had some um you know she had some things done to her that, that shouldn't have been done to her, and uh you know abuse wise and um she wound up with a lot of problems because of it, and she was about to she was about to. This was really powerful. She was first of all, the, what was really powerful. She was thinking about taking her own life, and she asked the bartender for some poison. Um, and she's getting ready to drink it, and some guy puts his hand on her hand and said, "That's not for you." And she looks up, and it's a stranger-looking guy. She doesn't know who it is. She just leaves. She's all upset. She leaves the place. He walks out behind her, and he says, "Mary." And she's like, well, how does he know my name? And she turns. And then he goes on to recite the prayer that her father taught her when she was a little girl. And she's like, who are you? And he goes on further. And all of a sudden, she just drops. She knows what's going on here. And that was powerful. That was one powerful moment. Another powerful moment was when she was standing on that cliff, Sean. And she was thinking about, because she said, she said, I'm in hell. She was suffering so much and hurting so much inside. She was in her own hell. She's standing on that cliff, and you could tell that she was thinking about, you know, ending it all. And this white dove, i.e. the Holy Spirit, flapping just above her, just enough to get her attention, just enough to make her wonder again. And she looks at it and looks at it and she figures, ah, she turns back and she starts walking the other way. She didn't kill herself. Um, just things like that that are really, really, uh, powerful. And, and like I said, I like to see, I don't want to just see another, like, you know, redo of this thing the way we've, this is really deep and it shows you a lot of depth within each character and it, it lays it down, you know, it lays it down in a real way, in a real life way. So everyone likes to say, oh, Mary Madeline, she was a prostitute. Ugh. Wait a minute, I think wait a minute. Joe, I think it's Mary Magdalene, M-A-G. Am I, what am I saying? I think you're saying, are you saying Madeline? I thought it's I was Mag- saying Magdalene, but they, they, I, okay. I don't think yeah. anyone's confusing this woman I'm yeah, talking just, about with James Carvel. Oh, no, they know, they know, they, that, they probably know. Like, Mary, yeah, you know it's, yeah, I just I mean, want to make sure. Listen, I just want to make sure. Yeah, okay. if, if they want to research her, if they want to look her up, um, it's M A. It's Mary. Then her last name is Magdalene. M A G D A L E N E. And for the life that's of me, I thought that's what I was saying. I'm sorry. I stand okay. corrected. Not a big deal. Fil- you also got you also got that Philly accent. So I want to make sure you know the Philly accent. <laughs> Not a big deal. But to to write and say, oh, she's a prostitute. This and that. Well, you got to rewrite and, and see exactly what happened with this poor young lady, and and why she made some of the decisions she did and. Your heart goes out to her, but and I said I'm only two two episodes deep, but uh, I like the way it's done. I read a little bit about the way they constructed it, and they said they tried everything. They they left no stone unturned. They tried everything they could do to to keep uh, to preserve the uh, the historical uh, accuracy of it, 
as much as they could do. And even historians were like, yes, we sign off on it. So that's good enough for me. It's, it's really, Sean, it might be one of the best things on TV in the last 25 years. I don't know. I'm going to find out. I, that's like what, because I was hesitant to, I was hesitant to bring it up on the show. Cause I don't want it to become like a religious show. We're not preachers. No, we're not men of the cloth. We're just two guys oh. from New Jersey who, uh, you're more Philly area. I'm more Jersey shore area, but like, you know, this stuff is powerful. And, you know, I kind of like went away from the church for a while. Cause I, you know, I, uh, I went to Catholic school like my whole life, including Villanova. And I just never like, you know, it was like one of those things where it's like you're it's forced upon you as a kid. You're like, I don't, you know, I don't really care about this stuff. It's just like going through the motions. But right. as I'm an adult now, as I'm 36 and as things happen, and as I start to view life from a different perspective, I'm like, you know, what? it's nice to have a, uh, at least a spiritual belief. If it's not, it's not Catholicism. It's not Judaism. It's not uh, Muslim. If it's not Buddhism, it's like, what is it? I believe in a higher power. And I, I want to know that I want to know the history of every religion. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just like say, like, okay, they're Muslims. I don't believe in that. I want to give everyone a chance. So if there's a Muslim show about Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, I'd certainly watch that too. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's been awesome so far. The show I'm on season three, I'm enjoying it. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to run out of episodes. I have to wait for season four, but um, we're not promoting religion per se, which is a good solid yeah. show. And it gives you, it gives you perspective on religion. Because a lot of people will be like, Oh, Christians and they're crazy religious fanatics, but just realize that there's a real story behind it. Um and then you see throughout the show, like the disciples are like with their pen and paper and they're writing down everything that Jesus is doing. They're documenting his life and his miracles. Uh, Cause that's what I, I was always hesitant about believing the miracles. I'm like, did he really make someone blind see? Did he really make someone who was paralyzed walk? Um, and I'm still, I'm still not hundred percent sold on that, but just watching the show, I'm like, you know what? It's possible. This guy could really have been that blessed and that the son of God. Um, and he had these superpowers, um, and like, you know, it scared the Romans and it scared a lot of people and they thought he was a threat and you know the whole story, but this story, I mean, this, the show is really detailed and it's really just like, I'm just watching the show. It's like, I'm watching a show on HBO or Showtime or Hulu or FX or wherever the hell I'm watching it on. And I'm not thinking too much about religion, but after each episode, I'm like, man, I think I just learned a little bit more about Christianity and religion. So that's, it's historical. It's cool. That's a lot. Of, that's why a lot of people like the history channel, you know? And, and the, you just hit on two things. Um, I love history too. I love history. I used to love when we were, I was in grade school, I used to love when they would do lessons about ancient Egypt because I would just, my, my mind would just travel to this place where the sky was blue and it was warm and it was always sunny and they're building these pyramids and, and all these funny costumes they would wear and all kind of, I just loved, I loved that whole kind of thing. So I love, I love history and like civil war and Abraham Lincoln to me is, 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 is uh, it's unbelievable it's just that one of our best um but just history in general i like that's a and this thing this thing here this 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 program is very historically accurate and that to me is very interesting the other thing is i don't have to tell you now i'm not i am anybody who knows me i am not uh, first of all i was born once all right? i don't need to be born again i was born once you know in 1964 i was born once and i you know th- i'm not any I'm not any zealot over here telling you, you got to no, know no, no eternal damn day. None of that stuff. We're not that. Listen, I'm not that kind of just, it's just not the kind. I don't even go to church that often. I go to church about once a month because I want to, not because I think I'm going to be punished if I don't. That's horseshit. Okay. I go because I want to about once a month because, um, I told you this before. I get a massage every once in a while from hand and stone, like professional massages. Now I get a, a rub down every once in a while. 
when I go to church, it's like getting a rub down from my soul. That's the way I have to explain it. And I do it about once a month because, like I said, I want to. My point is here is you and I were not these – this isn't a religious show. This, I'm not trying to get you to, to, to swear to anything or do anything. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to uh, explain that for me, for me and the way I, I was raised, and I love my dad more than anything in this world, that um, Christ was a big part of his life. Uh, I can never be the kind of guy he was. He went to church every single week. He always, it was a little envelope in his hand. And when I go, I give a little bit, but he, every, every week he went every, he always did extra work for the church and always, he, he, he never drank. He never smoked. I didn't hear him swear that often. I mean, I just can't be that kind of dude. I love my dad, but what I can do is realize that Christ was a big part of his life and a Christ was a big part of his life. It's a big part of who I am. And it's just every now and then, and it's, you know what it is? It's not church. It's all day, every day. About today, I bet you about 25 to 30 times I thought about either my pop or Christ or both or what they would say or what they would do. And that's just kind of, that's just, that's just the line I walk. But I do, um, I do want to emphasize that thoroughly because I don't want anyone to get it twisted and say, oh, those guys are just Bible or they're, they think they're, t-. no, 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 no. I do so many things wrong. It's unbelievable. You know, you ever heard, <laughs> you ever hear that, you ever hear that song, Save the Wretch Like Me? Well, this is a wretch here. And that's why I go to church, not because I'm perfect, because I'm I'm so imperfect it's not even funny and that's why i need god not because i think i'm perfect or better than anyone because i don't think i'm better than anyone and i think i'm so imperfect it's not funny that's why i need god so this yeah. whole thing about you know being religious quote unquote i wouldn't say that i am i'm spiritual but i love jesus period yeah um well said i appreciate your perspective Thanks, um sir. just moving on quickly uh i just want to pat myself on the back uh last episode i talked about how i saw that new movie megan it, it's short for model three generative android it's about like an evil robot girl doll and uh you know i said i predicted it, it's going to make 30 million in the box office because when i went to theater was full i had a there's a vibe about it i didn't know if it would beat avatar because avatar is you know it's been in theaters for a couple of weeks but avatar is still the king of the box office right now but uh, Megan made 30 million, just as I, just as I said. So I pat myself on the back. Uh, that prediction came true, <laughs> but, uh, Good I told job. Joe, I told, I texted you. I was like, dude, I, I nailed it, man. 30 million. And you're just like, all you said was K and it's, it's just not impressed at all. Dude, you know, dude, not impressed you, at you all. should know me, but if you text me when I'm napping or I'm like, you know, if I'm, if I'm in my <laughs> recliner and I'm napping, I don't care what you predicted. I'm napping, dude. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. good. Great. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but, but great, uh, Sean. Keep, Tremendous yeah. prediction. Keeping in the spirit of movies, um, today's actor we're going to feature is uh, Jeremy Renner. So we talked about him last episode on the uh, real versus fake news stories. He's the guy who like helped the family member out when they were stuck in the snow. He plowed their car, but then he got run over by the plow. $14,000 $14, pound plow. Um, and uh, he got severely injured. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy's in the spotlight right now. He's a great actor. He's going through a tough time in the hospital. Why not? put him on the show as our, as our actor of the week, or at least this episode. Um, he was born in 1971. He grew up in California. I think one of his parents owned a bowling alley. You know, I'm always interested in the, these stories about their backgrounds. And I think it wasn't until like junior college, um, he was doing like a project for like, you had to train on domestic violence and see what police have to go through when they stop domestic violence. So the combination of him doing that training and, you know, going to junior college, he ended up getting into acting. He learned a lot from that, the police academy, whatever that was that he learned about for that role or whatever he was doing. Um, and then he, he started training classically in acting. A lot of actors, I, I noticed they moved to the conservatory in San Francisco to classically train. 
Uh, so it's one thing I've picked up on while studying some of these actors the past couple episodes. Um, but he's a great actor. He's believable. He's a normal looking guy. He's not like, you know, this Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio looking guy. No, no, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a normal looking guy. And he's just like, he's just so believable. Um, a lot of people know him now from the show Mayor of Kingstown. Um, you know, Mayor of Kingstown is a good show on Paramount Plus. The new season starting on January 15th, I believe. It's coming back streaming. Um, but he's just a believable. He could be an arrogant prick. He can just, you know, you have a, have a mouth, a potty mouth where he's cursing constantly. Um, he'll say things to piss people off. He's a tough guy. He's not afraid to fight. And one of my first, when I really first saw him was in a movie called The Town with Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, wasn't he in that with, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was in that, he was, I saw that in the movies in New York City. It, it came out in 2010. I saw it in New York City in the movies, and I love that movie. Um, so the town's obviously in my top five. Uh, he plays a character in that in that movie, um, Jim. And Affleck plays Doug. Um, and then like they're they're arguing because he wants to do like he wants to they want to like rob a flower shop or whatever. There's like this you know, there's there's like this florist and there's the florist knows no they don't think they want to rob a flower shop. Like the florist has connections to do something else to to have one of those jobs. Like they're doing all these heists basically, like just robbing banks, robbing stores, doing whatever, um, robbing trucks. Um, so the florist has a good idea or something. Um, and then Affleck in the middle of that. Uh, sorry, if anybody hears silence, it's because I'm using I'm utilizing the cough button. I'm not trying to cough right out while I'm on air. So if there's a little bit of silence, it's not an audio issue. It's me coughing usually. That's fine. That's fine. But anyway, so they're talking about the job and like, and James telling him he's like, you know, telling Ben Affleck's character is like, you got to do this with us and stuff like that. And Affleck's saying to him is like, he's like, all you give a fuck about is Coke and Xbox. And then like Jim, he's the type of guy, it's the type of character, like instead of having all this talking back and forth and he eventually punches Affleck in the face. Um, that's just a memorable, one of the scenes from that movie, but throughout the whole movie, you see Renner. That's when I really knew who Renner was. Cause before that, you know, he was a really small time actor. I, mean, I might've just remember him. From, well, it's also in my top five, but he was in a movie called SWAT um, 2003 about the SWAT team. Um, that was a good movie. So that's what I really, but, he was actually nominated for an Academy Award in this movie called The Hurt Locker. The Hurt Locker is about he's you know he's a military guy and he's like a sergeant or something like that. Um, it's from 2008 that movie, but I don't think I had seen The Hurt Locker before The Town. I think what happened was I saw The Town, and then I might have saw The Hurt Locker. I don't really remember. The but Town I remember, was in 2010. <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm telling you, The Town was in 2010. Hurt Locker was in 2008. But what I'm saying is I don't remember if I saw The Hurt Locker before I saw The Town. I got you, got you. Got you, got you. I didn't see I didn't see The Hurt Locker when it first came out. Um, mm-hmm. so, but he was excellent in that. So I eventually saw that movie. Uh, so my top five for Renner, um, I'm going to go with, uh, the town at number one. Uh, I'm going to go with mayor of Kingstown is show that's on Paramount plus at number two. Um, I think I'm going to go with Lords of Dogtown from 2005. Cause that was another movie. Like I didn't even realize that he was in Lords of Dogtown. That's about like the skating, how the skateboard industry really like started growing in California. Oh. That movie I was saw sick. that. I <laughs> love that movie. Yes. Yeah, that movie, that movie was sick. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so he was in that, and that's obviously in my top five. Uh, but also that Heath Heath Ledger was in the Lords of Dogtown. Remember yes. Heath Ledger <laughs> yeah. passed away. We talked about the mother of his child in the show Williams a couple episodes ago. Uh, but he you know, Heath Ledger was in that movie. Uh I don't even know what Renner's role was in Lords of Dogtown. I'm trying to see like what 
I can't remember. I just remembered enjoying that. That's the way the way you used to break into people's backyards and skate their pools, their empty pools. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Renner was such a small time actor at that time. Like he wasn't even like he didn't like make his mark until like the Hurt Locker in two thousand eight. Like he was in SWAT, but he had a small part in SWAT. I think he was just like some you know character in it. But you know, I have to really if you look at Lords of Dogtown on IMDb, um, it's like not even. Uh, it's like doesn't even show Renner's part, but I know he's listed and he's in that movie. But anyway, that's three. Um, four and five, I'll probably go with American Hustle. American Hustle is I love Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, American Hustle from 2013. That was a good movie. Did you see that, Joe? American Hustle? American Hustle. No, I know Chris, what you're Christian talking about. Dale, I haven't Christian seen Dale, it. Amy Adams, uh, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I, I'm familiar uh, with the movie. Lucy I haven't Davis seen it. Though. Yeah, I think that's a movie. Definitely check that movie out, man, for sure. Cool. Uh, so I think that's four. And then five is probably between SWAT or Hurt Locker, probably. Because I could see, I could easily just say low hanging fruit and just say, like, oh, he was amazing in The Avengers. Because he plays a, a character in The Avengers, like one of the highest grossing films of all time, franchises, The Avengers, the superhero uh, films. He's, he plays a character called Hawkeye. Uh, but I haven't really, like, I'm not a big fan of superhero movies. Like, they're so generic, they're so full of CGI and, you know, special effects. It's just like, where's the story? You know, it's like, a lot of people disagree with me on that. You know, they're like, you know, those superhero movies are the best. That's that, that's what movies are about these days. It's all about the spectacle. It's all about the CGI. But no, I don't really, you know, I'm not really, I'm like, I'll watch the movies just to keep keep track of what's going on in the Marvel Universe and stuff. Um, but, you know, not my favorite genre of movies. Uh, but he's also, they made a show, a spinoff from the adventures from his character, Hawkeye. He's in, it's called Hawkeye. And he's in that, um, I think, I think it's on Disney Plus. I'm not sure. I think it is. Uh, but anyway, so he's a lot of people. A lot of people listening to the younger, the younger audience here, they'll probably like realize that he's from the. He's Hulk. That's Hawkeye from Avengers. But um, he's much more than that. He's a well versed actor and he's very talented. Um, Joe, what are your recollections? Do you have any recollection of this guy? I remember you talking about the um, the Ben with Ben uh, Affleck with the uh, in Boston there. The town, I guess it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, I remember Hurt Locker, certainly, now that you bring it to my attention. Um, I remember the movie Lords of Dogs. That's why I got such a reaction from it, because I remember enjoying that movie. I thought it was cool. I thought it was different and funny. I can't exactly pinpoint him there, though. I can't. I know he was. He obviously was in it, but I can't pinpoint um, where he was in it. But uh, other than that, not a special. I'm not a big. I know he was in one of these Born movies, the Born Identity or Born something. Yeah, yeah, basically, like that's usually that's supposed to be Matt. Matt Damon's the Born guy. He's the Born yeah. Identity. He's the Born all those movies, the franchise. But yeah. Jeremy Renner did like a random Born movie too. He was in that, but I, I didn't put it in my top five because honestly, I didn't. I didn't really like the one that he was in. Right. Um, sorry to Jeremy. You know, he's a great actor and he's obviously a great guy. But uh, you know, yeah, I didn't really like his Born movie. I thought Matt Matt Damon's the guy. You know, he's the one who's he's he's the born in my mind. So, yeah, no, but uh, no, Jason for, Bourne. Jason Bourne is Matt Damon for your yeah. Ed Harris type of actors. Your backs, you know, your your B minus actress and so forth. I think that's that's a kind of uh, that's a kind of dude we want, man. Also, but in case anybody doesn't know, he's also a musician. He had like a very catchy song in a commercial. Um, and it's like I can even think of the song in my head right now. I'm like I can hear it playing. So like this, he's a, he's a, he's not, you know, he's an actor for, you know, that's his main thing, but uh, he's got a song called main attraction. Um, 
It's called Main Attraction. It's actually pretty good. I wish I could play it on the show, but there's obviously copyright issues. Um, but it's really good. It's from, I don't know what commercial it's from, but uh, it it's like, it used to be on this like this like truck commercial uh, all the time. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's very, you know, he's got a lot of range. Um, I think it's from a Jeep commercial. It's from a Jeep campaign from 2019. So if you look up like Jeep main attraction on YouTube, you can actually watch the commercials, but it was actually legit. When I saw it at first, I'm like, what is that Jeremy Renner singing? Like, what the hell's going on? Why is he singing in a Jeep commercial? He's an actor, um, but it's a good song, you know? Yeah. So he's, he's, you know, he's, he's pretty talented guy. I just want to spotlight him. Um, you know, as far as our Snapple fact today, so we got Snapple fact number 256. Um, and the Snapple fact today is there are more saunas than cars in Finland. And Joe, just off the top of your head, why do you think that there's more saunas in, than cars in Finland? What's your what's your first like uh, opinion or reaction? My knee jerk reaction is because it's so doggone cold there. That that would be the the first knee jerk reaction is Finland. I imagine it's pretty doggone cold out that way, and it's just something that uh, they do as a way of life, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, the reason is um, there's a lot of history in Finland, obviously, but they were the place for purification rituals before marriage. Um, but also, oh. the bodies of the dead were washed and prepared for burial on the wooden benches. Um, so that for many Finns, they call the Finland people, they call them the Finns. Uh, the sauna was the holiest room in the house and the most closely associated with their well-being. Um, even women women gave birth to them because the walls of the, the saunas were lined with naturally bacteria-resistant suit. Soot or suit. Um, soot. It, yeah, it's the cleanest room in the house, apparently. Wow. Um, and also, a lot of fin- Finnish people have like houses, cottages on like different coasts of Finland and they go there for at least like 99% of the country apparently goes on vacations to the cottages. So they're living pretty well. I guess they have some cottages besides their houses. If, oh, if yeah. I read that correctly, but, um, and then a lot of the, a lot of the sauna, a lot of the cottages have saunas to really relax and purify your body. Um, but for personally, for me, from my experience with saunas, I haven't been in many of them, but one I've, I was, in, I played youth soccer. I was in one team. I was on, it was called the Middletown devils. Um, and, uh, one time we were at like this game and we were at like this locker room, like this, this facility had a sauna and we all went in the sauna and we're like cracking jokes. Guys are like farting and shit and like just fucking around. Like we're like, you know, we're like 13 or 14 at the time, I think. But, um, you know, someone said like the funny, it's, it's not that funny. It's kind of funny. It was more funny in the moment, but one of the, one of my teammates, I don't remember. I wish I remembered his name. Um, he was a funny guy though, but, uh, he said, uh, you know, it's like, a, it feels like a sauna in here. And we all start cracking up because yeah, it is a sauna. You know? Right. So whenever that's, we went after that, wherever, whenever we went somewhere that was kind of hot out, he would always say, it's like, it feels like a sauna out here. It feels like we'd always remember that moment we we're in the sauna, but yeah, my gym has a sauna. My friend, uh, Anthony, apparently he has like his own sauna and it's like a portable sauna in his house. Uh, apparently it's really good for the body. Like it purifies you. Even after you work out, go in the sauna and just sweat out the toxins. And it's apparently very healthy. Um, Joe, have you ever been in a sauna? Uh, yeah, in different health clubs. Um, I've never been in anyone's private sauna, but I've been in saunas quite a bit in health clubs. And yeah, anytime you can get the pores open, it, it's a good, it's a darn good thing. Um, with me, I sweat so, so damn much anyway, just from working out that I'll be dripping wet with sweat. So it doesn't matter. But, um, sometimes it's nice just to, to get in there and to get that warmth and to get sweating a little bit. 
Now, don't overdo it. You could, you know, dehydrate and mess around and have to go to the hospital. But, uh, you know, a good uh, 15, 20 minutes in there. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. One thing I just looked up, uh, the average lifespan in Finland is 82 years. And the average lifespan um, in the U.S. is only 77 years. So maybe that those extra five, year, five years of their life is because they're spending so much damn time in saunas, man. Well, that, I'm, just, that's, I'm, yeah, that's, I'm speculating, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's ingest, it's facetious, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. imagine right. that there was real studies that the, the, the value of saunas, like if everyone spent like an, an hour in a sauna, like once or twice a week, it would like increase your lifespan. That would be wild to find out. It would be. It would be. I don't think that's the reason, but it's neat. If you're selling saunas, <laughs> that would be something to, to, to use. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I can tell everyone, I'm actually a professional sauna salesman. This is an yeah, ad. Yeah. Um, we want you to so live longer. We're going to move on. We got another segment, Joe. We got the real versus news, real versus fake news story segment again. Uh-oh. I, you know, some people really enjoyed that last episode. So I got oh, three yeah. stories for you, Joe. You ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so first story that I just read, Clint Eastwood is going to freeze his body. He's like in his 90s now. He wants to freeze his body and return to Hollywood in 2050 when the technology allows him to stop aging permanently. He thinks by 2050, we could figure out technology that, that ceases your aging. So he's he's choosing this. He's going to freeze his body in the next couple months. That's the story that I just read. That's number one. Number two, Terrell Owens, the former football player, you know, an Eagle legend, a Cowboy legend, a 49er legend. He was on the Bengals and Bills, but he's more Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys. Um He's trying to make a comeback. He's 49 years old. He hasn't played since 2010 with the Bengals. But I will say when he played in 2010 with the Bengals, he had like 70 or 80 catches. So he's still playing at a high level. I think he was like 37 now, 37 then. Now he's 49. Um, that's another story. And the other story is that I was surprised at this. When I read this, I was really. Amazon's considering changing their name. Amazon, the big company, Amazon, they're considering changing their name. And I'm thinking to myself, what would they possibly change their name from Amazon to? Um, so Joe... Which one's real? There, remember, there's there's two fake and there's one real. Which one is real? Which one? Which ones are fake? Wow. Um, Did I stump you? Well, look, give me a second here. Guys, I've just got. I would say um, the first one sounded fake. Okay. So now I'm down to either Terrell Owens or Amazon. Um, I would say you know what. I'm going to have to say Amazon is the fake story. Okay. So you're saying T.O. is real. Yeah. Uh, I have sad news for you, Joe. Really? You are correct. Okay. You're correct. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you got it right. Did you, but let me ask you this though. Did you, did you, had you seen the news that T.O. was trying to come back? I didn't, I already- Sean. That's why this was so difficult. That's because I, that's what took me a second here because unlike the first thing you did last show, I knew that because I saw the news. I hadn't seen this or anywhere, but I wouldn't put it past T.O. to, for him to think that he could do something like that. That sounds like him. So I thought, no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's real. And as far as, you know, this, this guy, uh, 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 this joker with Amazon, that, that boss, I don't see him ever changing that name, you know, unless he sells it to someone else. Um, so. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's the Bezos. Segment. That's what the clown's name is. Bezos. Yeah, that's him. Uh, um, I wouldn't see new... him changing the name. Yeah, we got a new segment. Um, <laughs> this is a little bit darker one. You like that, didn't you? Um, it's about <laughs> Brian Kohlberger. This is this is the monster or alleged monster that was arrested for the the Idaho murders. He Oof. apparently 
killed four students who were under the age of 22. I think they're all around 20 or 21 blatantly just and, and graphically murdered them, went in their house and stabbed them to death violently. He's 28 years old. Um, luckily they, they think they got the right guy because they found evidence from the crime scene. The killer, they didn't know it was Kohlberg at the time left, a, left a knife sheath. A sheath is something that covers a knife. So it can't stab you while it's in your pocket or something like that. It's like a leather type thing that goes over the blade. Um, they found that on the bed of the crime scene and it matches the DNA taken from, uh, his family home. They went through his trash. Um, and, uh, they seized his trash and they matched the DNA from the knife sheath to that. But I guess they were also tracking him and him and his dad were driving across the country and, um, he got pulled over twice by police in Indiana, but apparently they pulled him over because he was driving too close to the car in front of him, but they did it twice. So that's suspicious. You're like, why would they do that twice? Why would they pull over? Maybe they, they pulled him over once and they, maybe the other guy told the other cop, yeah, this guy's driving too close, but you know, that doesn't really happen a lot. It's usually more speeding tickets out in those highways. But the reason was apparently the FBI denies this, but the New York Post reported that the FBI instructed the police to pull over this specific car that he was driving, like an old white Hyundai. He was driving across country from Washington to Pennsylvania with his father. Um, he was driving cross country and uh, they wanted images and videos of, from the body cam of the police of his hands to see if there's any scars and cuts on his hands. Cause if he was you know, murdering these people with a knife, I guess there would be like uh, marks on his hands and stuff, but the FBI denies that they didn't deny it completely. They said they were working with like a criminal task force that I guess involves the police too. Uh, but anyway, they pulled him over. They get body cam footage. The guy apparently is really creepy. There's a lot of weird stories about him. Um, he was actually going to college for criminal justice. And what I read was a lot of people, a lot of killers in jail, they're interviewed. Um, they said a lot of people in criminal justice reach out to them because they want to get in the minds of killers. But uh, this guy, you know, he was, he was trained to be in the police criminal justice industry. It's kind of scary that he could have been like a police, you know, he was getting his PhD. So I don't know what level he would have been. Um, it would have been more, more academic maybe, but um, apparently this guy's a monster. Uh, some girl went on a date with him. She said uh, on TikTok. She went on a Tinder date with him. She said he was kind of weird. Um, you know, this is all speculation. If this guy's innocent, I apologize for what I'm saying, but I wanted to make it a point. This is going to be a big case. It's going to be a national case. It's going to be all over the news. The, the court case is probably going to be on TV. Um, I want to do a segment at least once once a show or once every other show with an update in the Brian Kohlberger case. Um, I know, Joe, you don't want to talk about it too much because this guy's obviously a monster, but... Um, what do you think? Do you think this guy's definitely guilty? Is this your first impression? Well, I'm not going to say I think he's definitely guilty. What I'm going to say is he, there's an awful, awful, awful lot of circumstantial evidence pointing in his direction. Let me just say that. And um, he just he just really scares me. I mean, um. If it's true and he did it and he did it this way, you want to talk about a sociopath to the I I can't even whew, I just it's it's really really disturbing so much and so right you, you read a book let me just interrupt you real quick because it's important you read a book all about sociopaths called like the sociopath next door is there any insights from that book that you that you put on this guy immediately like oh this guy matches that well. If he's guilty, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be showing much remorse at all. 
and sociopaths are incapable. It's not that they don't want to. Their brains are incapable of feeling remorse. And what they do, they find out at an early age that they're supposed to show a certain affect when they see something sad. Because it doesn't come to them naturally. They don't feel anything. So that they see a cat get hit by a car, they have to think, okay, what am I supposed to feel now? What does everyone think? How, what, what emotion should I show the world right now? Oh, that's sorrow. Okay. And then they act it. But for that split second in there, and they did research where they really, really timed out and had people hooked up to different different uh, equipment. And they really have this down that the sociopath brain, there's a gap in there. Uh, because they don't know what to do. And then, like I just explained, eventually they, they learn how to adapt and, and they do that little, that little rationale I just did with you. It takes them now about a, a microsecond, a half a second, maybe, maybe a little less just to, to get that, but it's almost instantaneous. You know, it's hard for you to, to see them do that, but that's what they do. That's how they do it. And they do it because they learn they have to, to do something like that because, um, uh, they, uh, in you and in me and in most people, that reaction would be automatic. It's just like, Oh my God, that little, that little dog just got hit by a, Oh my God, I feel terrible. You know, we do it automatically. They don't do it automatically, but they realize they have to show the world an emotion when they see something like that, but they're not sure what to do. And then they think it through and they get it through and they finally, um, they finally link that, but that's how they go through their whole life. But, um, to answer your question, I see the lack of, you know, he's just very matter of fact, very, you know, I know I was down here. I wasn't even, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, so that I haven't heard him speak much. I haven't heard him, his testimony. I haven't any, anything like that, but, um, the box that he does check right off the top is just, um, absolutely little or no remorse because they're just incapable of it. That's all for now. Yeah. And apparently like, uh, he was like in chat rooms after like, they're trying to figure out who killed the person, the people, the four people, the four students. Um, apparently like he was in chat rooms, like speculating on the crime. If some people accused them like, Oh, you probably did it. And apparently he actually went to the, they usually have these morning, like these, like, um, they light candles and they mourn the victims. Apparently he attended the, 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 vigil. uh, the, yeah. the vigils and stuff. So this guy really is a monster. Like if he was, he's getting, you know, he wants, that's what happens. I've seen a lot of crime shows, especially the shows like Dexter and stuff. A lot of these monsters like to go to the crime scene and be around the crime scene and see the, all like this is like their response. Like they're like, oh my god, I was responsible for this. And there's people crying, there's people freaking out, there's families, and like they they love being so close to like what they did. Uh, oh. That's the scary part about these people. Well, that's one of the reasons I, I was was a little bit hesitant when you mentioned that you want to do this regularly too because. I don't think anyone listening to us would fit that criteria. I really don't. I would hope not. But I don't want to be responsible for giving any one of these jokers some kind of an idea, any kind of an idea of, you know, you know, so I, that's that's kind of what I, I just don't. Part of me wants to just, OK, that is what it is over there. I don't want to talk about that guy or about that whole thing because it creeps me out. I don't want to be involved with it, nor do I want to give some mixed up joker who could be listening. I'm not saying, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know everybody. I know I know all of our most of our um, listeners are wonderful beautiful people that would never even dream about doing this like you and i would never but suppose there's one mixed up person out there and i don't want to give them an idea like oh yeah that would be exciting and this is why he did this because he wanted to get his his rocks off and he wanted to feel listen i I, that's part of why i don't like I, i don't like 
I wasn't nuts about the idea of doing this regularly, Sean. That's the only thing. And this is, you know, that's the only thing that I can't say. So it's like when these people on the news and coverage here and now, and they'll cover this, they'll, they'll cover that. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell are you doing? You're sitting here and in, 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 in San Antonio, Texas somewhere, there's some guy in his basement looking at you getting ideas because you're spoon feeding them ideas. That's all. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's really all. paranoid. Like we're not, cause we haven't done no, anything. No, it's, not be par- it's not necessarily paranoid, dude. That happens. Well, because I mean, that it's one of those things, though. Do you, do you hear a lot about like, um, like newscasters and stuff being murdered, you know. I, mean, I rarely ever hear that. Like oh, this I'm not was like four young... getting them getting murdered. I'm talking about them giving them ideas to go out and do shit. Oh, well, they're gonna find their ideas anyway, man. Uh, they're gonna look at the sky. They're gonna open their door. They're gonna. Uh, they're, they're already they're already damaged people anyway. They're gonna uh, they're gonna uh, figure uh, out. Uh, they're uh, gonna. Uh, we, could, we could also be preventing them too. You have to think about it that way. Well, too, I, yeah, and I just don't see what's you know. If listen, if we're going to touch on this every show, we'll touch a couple minutes on every show, and it's fine. Yeah. But I don't well, want to make this guy more than he is. This no, guy, I just so want to give. Just, I want to really give some, some jerk off. Is really yeah. what he is. I want to give some. I just want to give some updates on it. But like, our our current events today are the ones we really want to talk about because Kohlberger is not going to be necessarily our current event. Kohlberger is going to be a little possible segment every other episode or so. Just this right. is what happened. This is the new details of the case. Just in case anyone's not following that closely or they want to hear our spin on it, our perspective. Um, I think that's fair. I'm not. I'm not really. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Now we're but, the same um, team. For the article I wanted to focus on today. Uh, from the New York Times called The Heavily Armed Man Caused Panic at a Supermarket, But Did He Break the Law? So some guy named Rico Marley, he's 22, he walked into a public supermarket um, in Atlanta, and he had six loaded weapons, four handguns, jacket pockets, a guitar bag, a semi-automatic rifle, and a 12-gauge shotgun. And he was in the bathroom. Like Apparently, he, he, his excuse, his alibi, is that he was in the bathroom. He had nowhere to store the weapons. He didn't have a car. So he brought them into the store, the public supermarket. And he was in the bathroom. He spilled guacamole all over his like weapons. So he's cleaning the weapons. So some guy went in the bathroom and he heard this, like the gun, like clicking noises. And, and he saw like the guns like rested against this in the bathroom and stuff like that. Um, and the whole supermarket panicked and they, they vacuumed, they, they vacated the whole supermarket. And, but the problem with this crime is like, what crime did he really commit? Cause he didn't, he didn't make any threats he didn't fire any shots. He legally purchased the guns. He didn't violate Georgia law. Um, but it, it's a long, unresolved legal odyssey. Um, they don't know what they can do with them. They can they, they charge him. Can they set him free? I think what they ended up charging him for was like um, disturbing the peace. Because at first they tried to give him like a other other uh, laws that he broke, but um, they're like trying to figure out, you know, what what what's a sensitive place? What's a sensitive place where you can't bring any sort of firearm in? Um, Polling places and courthouses are apparently sensitive places, but apparently supermarkets are not sensitive places because uh, all but three states allow for open carry of handguns, long guns, and there's little police can do. Um, so they might see someone carrying around like a big gun. They're like, what can we do about this guy? He's scaring people. Um, he legally has the right or he's a madman or he's both uh, is what they say. But I think originally they charge him with the criminal attempt to commit a felony and six counts of possession of a weapon. During commission of an attempt to commit certain felonies, uh, those charges were dismissed. And then the grand jury had 10 lesser counts of reckless conduct, which is only a misdemeanor. So this guy's only getting a misdemeanor. And he could could possibly have got very lucky. The people who didn't die that day got very lucky. But he could have got very lucky in the sense that he he was going to commit a crime, was going to do a mass shooting in that public supermarket or wherever he was going. And they stopped him. But now he's getting off on a technicality. So that's the scary part. Um, so this is just a kind of a scary thing. And um, 
Joe, what do you think? What do you think about something like this? It's kind of scary. There's no specific laws to prevent people from walking into a supermarket with like bags of weapons, you know? Well, to me, it's, it's you know, I, <clears throat> every time I turn around, mostly, mostly now, it's down south. It's Virginia. I mean, Virginia is one of the worst places. I mean, but it's usually one of these southern states that, that, that lets you carry an M16 to, you know, McDonald's breakfast and wherever. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But if it's that, that's the way you want your state run. If that's the way you want your gun laws, you got it. Period. That's how I feel. Okay. Well, another thing I read was, uh, you're talking about Virginia. There was Newport News, Virginia, a six year old from an elementary school shot a teacher with a handgun. Um, Virginia, it's a, Virginia, it's a Virginia. rare example because there's not a lot of shootings like this with an exceptionally young child. Uh, apparently the boy and the teacher did have an altercation in the classroom before the teacher, before the boy shot the teacher. Um, but the teacher was, you know, life threatening injuries. Then they, they didn't release the name of the teacher, even the gender, I don't think, uh, or the kid. Um, I think it's a female victim. So yeah, it's a female, female teacher. Just, we just don't know the name. Um, and there's only been like 16 incidents involving shooters under the age of 10 and even fewer by, you know, children are under six. But what do you do in situations like this? Cause you can't charge a child as an adult. Um, but there's a law in Virginia. We talked about Virginia prohibiting parents. The parents are responsible. We talked about this a couple episodes ago about the parents being responsible, you know, for approving their, their kid to get a gun. But in this situation, in this law, the law in Virginia is you can't leave a loaded gun accessible to children under the age of 14. Um, but, the, but also Virginia, though, they have that law. They don't have a law that prohibits a broad law that prohibits all guns from being safely stored in homes. So, you, you, you know, so people, some of these parents are storing these guns anywhere. Um, so it's weird, you know, you can't have a loaded, loaded gun, keyword, you know, loaded, accessible to children under the age of 14, but they also don't have a broad law that prohibits or requires the guns to be safely stored. So, you know, they might be away from the children, but they're still not safety, safely stored. Um, but yeah, Virginia law, there's no, it's a six-year-old, right? They can't be charged as an adult. Um, it's not even possible. They could be, you know, possible. I think they'd be charged criminally in juvenile court, but the minimum age in juvenile court is in Virginia is 11 years old. So, you know, it's one of those things where this child, what's the punishment for the six-year-old? He shot his teacher. He's obviously got violent tendencies and he did it with intent. But there's not really like laws in even in juvenile court yet. There's like all that I just talked about with the supermarket. There's no real laws against, you know, bringing lots of guns in a supermarket and scaring people, causing panic. Then there's no laws, you know, preventing a, a child as young as six is shooting his teacher. It's like we really have to like, you know, shore up some of these laws in these gray areas and have specific guidelines, you know, prohibiting these things and punishments ready. So when you hear these two stories, Joe. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts? You know, yeah, so, <clears throat> again, with the first one, um, he's not violating any state law, which tells me they need to, to change the state law, but they probably won't. Cause that was down South too, wasn't it? Yeah. The good old boys yeah, aren't going to give up Georgia, their gun. Georgia, yeah. Georgia right. Georgia, right, Joey. The, the, the good old boys aren't going to give up their gun rights and all that. Okay, it doesn't matter. So forget that. It's it's hopeless. The second one is Virginia, which isn't far behind. And in some ways, it's even worse than Georgia. Uh, I don't see a gun law problem there. What I see there is a, parent, a parental problem there. A very, very irresponsible parent for that six-year-old. I don't care if – I don't care. I don't care if it's locked up and that six-year-old found the keys and got into it. He still shouldn't have been able to do it. You, you, you cannot – you absolutely cannot let a six-year-old get 
their hands on something like that, period. If you want to own it, I understand, especially if she was a single mother or whatever it was in this world today, you need some protection. I thought about it myself a couple of three, four times about, but then I thought, nah, I ain't going to do it. But now a single woman, though, in this world today, and I don't know if she's single or not, but whatever, um, I can understand you want to own one for protection. But I can't understand is you ever, ever being so god darn irresponsible that that kid found a way to get that weapon and another thing that pops into my head i know we go to music back and forth i got a sore throat so i'm i'm, I'm in and out of uh, you know my voice my voice is in and out of but that song from pearl jam jeremy's spoken you know at the the words just they're flowing at me right now with with this little guy grabbing a gun and going in he spoke in class today you know ay 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 it's just um and that's not to make light of it, but I'm just saying that sometimes lyrics follow you around. And, um, but the, the problem there is parental. Uh, that's all. Um, but neither of those states is really going to, you know, they're not going to relinquish their, their firearms. Let's face it. They are what they are. You know. Yeah. All right. So, uh, moving on to sports. Um, so your Eagles came through. They, they beat the, uh, barely beat the Giants. Uh, looks like a pretty easy win, but then I, you know, I wrongly predicted because I said my prediction earlier was right. Because I also predicted that the Cowboys to beat the Eagles a couple of games ago. I predicted them to win like forty to thirty six or thirty eight thirty five, and it was pretty much an identical score. But this case, I got it wrong about the Commanders. I thought the Cowboys would handle the Commanders. I didn't even realize that they were starting Sam Howell, the rookie quarterback, has never started a game. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys lost. Um, you know, Dak Prescott threw another pick six, and uh, you know. He uh he's this year he think he set a record. He's the first quarterback to lead the league in interceptions despite missing five plus games. The only other quarterbacks to do that was Norm Snead in 1973, Jake Plummer in 1999, and Carson Wentz in 2020. Um, so it's kind of sad. But he also threw a second. I hate I hate when quarterbacks throw pick sixes, let alone multiple ones in a season. This is his second pick six. So, you know, I don't know if I have a lot of faith for for Dak in the playoffs. It would have been nice if, you know, ideally the Cowboys could have won, the 49ers would have lost, the Eagles would have lost, and they would have got the number one seed in the bye, but whatever. Now we got to play Tom Brady out of all players, the greatest football player in history, not just quarterback, probably football player ever. Tom Brady on Monday night in primetime, the last playoff game of the weekend. Um, I don't know. We're favored by two and a half points, but I'm not that confident. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we win, but I, I can never say definitively if the Cowboys will win because it's like they're such a confusing team. And also, I kind of want Sean Payton as our next coach. So if we lose, just to get the, the torture over with, you know, don't don't go, don't give us false hope, Cowboys. You know, don't get us to like, the NFC Championship and like, get blown out or something like that. And if we get the NFC Championship, we're thinking, oh, McCarthy got us the NFC Championship. We got to give him another year. No, Sean Payton's available and he's putting together a master um, staff, a great staff, like a phenomenal staff. But he's not going to work for Jerry Jones, bro. Yeah, but like Jerry, he's already worked for Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones is getting older now, and he's probably getting sick. He's probably sitting a little clearer now. He's getting sick of the Cowboys. You know, he's sick. Of, he's he's basically the GM. He's get, probably getting sick of the Cowboys being disappointing. And I think uh, I think Jones will happily uh, pay Sean Payton hand, handsomely and welcome him in, and I think that would be great for the Cowboys. But also, I you know I. I also want the Cowboys to win the, win the Super Bowl this year. So I would love for them to win the Super Bowl this year. And then maybe probably wouldn't get Sean Payton because McCarthy obviously would have won a Super Bowl. But even if, even if we win a Super Bowl, because I don't think it's, you know, there's, I don't think there's that much teams that are like, you know, far ahead of everyone else this year. So it's possible the Cowboys can win. But um, I don't know. The playoff games, the first game Saturday is the Seahawks 49ers. You know, 49ers are favored by 10. And I think the 49ers win that pretty easily, even though, you know, I was very surprised. 
Geno Smith has set the, the single season franchise record for the Seahawks for passing yards in a season. I thought Russell Wilson easily had that record, but apparently Geno Smith beat him. So uh, Russell Wilson, you know, he didn't, he didn't pass for as many yards as I thought. Okay. Um, and then the the, the forty nine uh, the Chargers are playing the Jaguars uh, Saturday night. Um, looks like the Chargers are only favored by. I'm surprised the Chargers are only favored by a point. But you know, the reason why the Chargers started off so slow is because Herbert hurt his ribs. He was injured. Uh, they didn't have some receivers. They didn't have Mike Williams for a couple of games. I think. Um, so I think the Chargers win that too. And then Sunday, Dolphins Bills. You know, I don't know if the quarterback situation is for the Dolphins because Skylar Thompson, the rookie quarterback, had to play last Sunday versus the Jets. Um, they're favored by the Bills are favored by nine. I think the, the the Bills win that easily. Vikings Giants Vikings favored by three. Um, yeah, I think the I don't know I don't I that's a tough one. I think that's the toughest game so far of all the ones I mentioned. I think the Vikings will probably squeak that one out because they have some magic this year. Um, Ravens Bengals Bengals favored by seven. I think that the Bengals will definitely win that game. I think there's some Burrow magic. Jamar Chase is back. And then Cowboys Bucks on Monday night. And I think uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. I want the Cowboys to win, but I explain my rationale. If they lose, it's not the end of the world. We'll probably get Sean Payton, hopefully. Um, and, uh, you know, Eagles are sitting pretty till next week, Joe. But uh, what's your thoughts on some of these uh, playoff matchups? Okay, before I start, let's just get some clar- clarity on Sean Payton. Sean Payton knows Jerry Jones. He does. He even he lives in the there. Dallas area. He, li- yeah. he, was, he, was he was a position coach under, yeah, yeah. under a different – no, but the, the, so, the okay. story that I hear, the re- reality story that I hear is that he would – and it makes sense. He would never – he would never – be a head coach under this guy because this guy, Jerry Jones, is going to grab all the glory and everything else, and he just doesn't want to work, and he's also going to try so to call what, the shots. Team? Peyton says he would never – people that know Peyton say he would never, ever, ever work for Jerry Jones, and you can understand I'm, why. That's why I'm Jerry Jones, remember. after Jimmy Johnson left, that's why Jerry Jones has never had a quality coach. Bill Parcells, maybe, but that's it. They all say, look, this guy wants to call the shots. I can't deal with this guy, and no one is. So sure, Sean Payton is actually looking at two positions, both in California. The Rams and the Chargers jobs will both be available when they both have quarterbacks. You don't have a quarterback here in Dallas to, to lure him over here. This guy you got as a Freaking joke. I almost said a bad word on, on. He's a freaking joke. And I told you that a long time ago. He's a joke. He's not a good quarterback. Those other two places have decent quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. So, so you're saying McCarthy's a joke? You're saying? Who? Dak's a joke. McCarthy and Dak are a joke or Dak's a joke? Dak. Okay. Um, McCarthy's not far behind, so but you, so I just wanted so to bring you some reality on, on Sean you're Payton. Convinced. Sean Payton's not going to be the coach of the callous Dow boys. All right. So that's number one. Now let's you get to think, the games. You get to think, the games. The Giants, oh, can, the Giants play the Vikings. And I would me? like to see the Giants win because I want the Giants back here. I don't want to have to play Tampa or you guys. Now I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air. I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're going to beat the Buccaneers because uh, they're not going to have two stinkers in a row. Okay. They're not going to have two stinkers in a row. So they don't do that. So I think they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys by uh, maybe four points. And that's it. The Bills win, and uh, I don't know who else who else is on who else is playing on there. You got the Bills winning. I got the Cowboys winning. I got the Giants winning because I want them to come here. And who else? Uh, the Vikings, Giants. So you said you have the you have the Giants winning versus the Vikings. Yes. 
Interesting. Okay. I, that's what I'm why hoping. Do you, why do you think – what's your thought process? you think Dayball is a better coach? Uh, what's I the, just think – I just – we're, you know, that's more – look, I'm hoping that the Vikings have one of their bad days and the Giants have a pretty good day. I'd rather play the – because if they do, we play them here. We That's who we got coming in. I'd rather have the New York Giants coming in than either of the other two teams coming in, which would be Dallas or Tampa. I don't want either one of those two coming in. I'm not crazy about that. All right? So, okay, so and I'm sorry the, about the, before, but you wouldn't let me get a word in edgeway. You kept cutting me off. So I had to speak a little louder. You're no, my boy. I, I can do that. Sorry. Got, sometimes I get, cause I've had people you know, tell me about the show. Sometimes people we're, tell me we're, the same we're, thing, but we're trying to go back and forth. Um, sometimes neither of us doesn't matter if it's me or you. We don't, we're not, uh, you know, we're not doing enough back and forth where we could hear exactly like I'm trying to interrupt you really quick. I'm like, you know, and I don't know if you know if you could hear me sometimes. You're, you're so locked into your, your speech and I like that. You're passionate. And I'm but, thinking, uh, like, why is he I just want to make sure doesn't need to understand I'm trying to make a yeah, point. Why does I want to make sure our audience can uh, understand? But, um, Chargers, Jaguars, the other game, but Brandon Staley is the coach of the Chargers. I think Brandon Staley has only been the coach for a couple of years. And there's no guarantee that Sean McVay wants to get out, get out of law. The only reason Sean McVay would leave apparently from the Rams is because the Rams might be rebuilding and Sean McVay doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Um, so Brandon Staley and Sean McVay are two young coaches. So you think that those two, those, the Chargers and the Rams will be open for Peyton? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I absolutely do. Either one of those could be. So, not what, open. so, where, so what about Sean McVay to Dallas? Would, 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 would McVay want well, to go to the Cowboys? Wants, McVay, they're, 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 we're not McVay. I want, to show, I want to show as the Cowboys coach. Let's make that clear. I want to show as the Cowboys coach. <laughs> no, the, the thing on McVay is that he wants to uh, maybe take a step away from coaching and be in TV for a while. That's the thing with McVay. Yeah. The other guy's going to get fired. I don't know where his name is, but he's going to get fired. Well, McVay's going to step Chargers, away. Charge, but here's the other thing. Like it's like McCarthy though. What if the Chargers get to like the AF, is getting to the AFC Championship good enough? What if they they beat the Jaguars and then they beat whoever they have to play next, and then they get to the AFC Championship and they have a respectable loss? You really think the Chargers brass, the, the leaders there, the front office is going to get rid of Staley? Well, let's see if they get that far. And even if they do, it's possible. Okay. To get a coach like this to have, because you have a quarterback there, maybe the one of the best in the league in the Chargers and the Rams, they still have, what's his name? Stafford, right? And they, whoever it is could they also, work with. They also have Baker Mayfield though. They could also. Right. And Baker's, Mayfield. Baker's not a slouch. He's not a, he's not a, a scrub. Um, he's, you know, he's more of a quarterback than, than like I was telling you, there's nothing on that Dallas roster quarterback. And Sean, Sean Payton needs a quarterback. That's part of his whole deal. He's a quarterback whisperer. So he's not going to come on board with either. Come on, come on. And then the word is out. These guys know each other. He know he knows Jerry. Oh yeah. Go there. Hang around. He lives in Dallas. He'll be friends with the guy and all that kind of stuff. And he'll go up, maybe have a steak dinner with him and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, he knows, dude, I'm Sean Payton. I want to ring. I want so many seasons with, with, with Drew Brees and I'm a legend basically in the coaching industry. And I'm going to come here where this clown is going to start telling me who's playing and who isn't playing. He's going to step in the limelight, take all the glory. When I would, without me, he's nothing. You know, I, I, this is what a lot of people in the industry are aware of. And that's why a Mike McCarthy, sure. He'll hire a Mike McCarthy, you know. To, okay, okay, Mr. You don't, you don't think there's okay. any similarities between Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton. They, Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers who won a Super Bowl. Sean Payton had Drew Brees who's won a Super Bowl. And they never won another one again. Um, you don't think there's any, like, you know, thing surrounding, like, you know, Sean Payton 
being similar to McCarthy, like a disappointment. Like once he gets the, he doesn't get the proper quarterback and he can't win without the, without a star quarterback. No, I think because, because Peyton was better for so much longer than, um, than the other guy, McCarthy, that's a longevity. And then at one point, um, the quarterback in Green Bay, uh, Rogers, started to have complaints about the head coach and about his, his, his the way he views offense and his whole philosophy. That never happened down there in New Orleans. Those guys were joined at the hip and had the utmost respect for each other. So I think there are, although there are some similarities between those two guys, there are some profound differences too. So and I just think overall, um, he's Sean Payton's held in higher regard as a coach than than Mike McCarthy. And I don't think Mark McCarthy's yeah. a fool, but he's yeah. certainly not on that, that level, uh, yeah, but he'll, he'll cool. take a job. Of, okay. Mr. Jones, whatever you want. Uh, yeah. He hasn't, he didn't, he didn't coach for, for six or seven years there. I think no one wanted yeah. him at all. McCarthy so, and McCarthy wasn't really a hot commodity. Um, and I don't even think McCarthy did TV. That was a thing. Um, but anyway, I just want to talk about before we wrap up the show, um, Jamar Hamlin is doing a lot better. The player on the Bills who was in critical condition. Yes. He's been moved from the Cincinnati hospital to a Buffalo hospital. Um, he's talking. He's a, he's aware of what's going on around him. So the prayers and thoughts and prayers for DeMar seem to be working. If you don't believe in that, he's just getting better. Time is taking its, you know, time is doing its thing. It's healing him. Time's supposed to heal all wounds, apparently. Um, so shout out to DeMar Hamlin. We hope to, you know, see you play football again for sure. Um, as far as that, the show goes, uh, you know, we went a little bit, went a little bit long today. We'd like to do more college basketball, some more NBA, Knicks, Sixers talk. But uh, yeah, the Knicks, uh, Jalen Brunson scored 44 points last night, but the Knicks blew another lead. They played the Bucks and uh, they, blew, they blew the lead. Seems like Tom Thibodeau doesn't know how to maintain leads. He doesn't make the right substitutions and has a pulse for the team and momentum. So I'm disappointed in Tom Thibodeau. Um, Jalen Brunson's exceeding expectations. Joe, as you know, Tyrese Maxey's back. So the Sixers, they're playing the, they're playing the Pistons right now as we, as we speak. And they're beating the Pistons by like, almost like 30 points or something like that. So, um, you know, we'll talk more basketball in the future. Right now it's, you know, especially the, the NFL playoffs are starting. So, you know, just from clarity for, for everyone to be up front, we're going to start probably going to be focusing more on football for our sports wrap up. Uh, but once football ends, we're going to be, you know, into basketball and baseball. For sure. Um, even doing some English Premier League soccer, because I'm a big Manchester United fan. So I'd love to speak about Manchester United on the on the show if I can. Um, Joe, you have any last words for anybody? Ladies and gentlemen, if you please, could you bring your attention to me? Good night. All right. Good night, everyone.